World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to Creepy Podsta. I'm your host, your magnanimous host. I don't know what that word means. Let's look it up. Magnanimous. Uh, I host this show about creepy pastas, despite the fact that I do not care about creepy pastas because I feel like I've been uh, given the Sisyphean task of deducing what place in our culture these stories hold because no one else is looking into it. The reason no one else is looking into it is because it doesn't matter and it's not important. But what that does for me is it gives me a nice little niche for me to occupy in the podcasting market where I'm doing academic deconstruction of creepypastas, but also sometimes I get so frustrated and bored with the genre of creepypastas that sometimes we just talk about a movie or something, like last like last week's. I've been doing the runs of three, and in the runs of three we'll talk about creepypastas, and then in the like one-off between episodes we'll talk about something else, although sometimes the one-off between we'll just talk about like connected creepypastas yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh or yeah an endless novel length creepypasta Mm -hmm. Uh, magnanimous means generous and forgiving especially toward a rival or a less powerful person i would say that accurately describes me towards the fans who are much less powerful than me and i'm forgiving of them (laughs) for what what have they done oh they've done various uh crimes in my principality that i instead of chopping their heads off, I just remove three fingers, one for each piece of gold they stole from me by not paying their taxes. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I know that uh, the fans smuggled in those onions that allowed us to uh, survive the siege, but I do still need to punish them for smuggling. <laughs> so I cut off their fingers and they hang them in a little bag around their neck, but I did also ri- raise them to the seat of Lord... Um, the oh, person with no boy. fingers? What are what's Yeah, happening? bad bad news later in the future though. I am going to rebel against the king and try to usurp the throne, which I claim is my rightful throne. And I have a pretty good point, but I do go about it in a very bad way. And is then this end about up Game of Thrones? Burning up my daughter to the Red Lord oh, yeah. Ralor. The Red God Ralor. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched but this that, part. That was but early that only on. happens in the TV show and not in the books yet. Oh. Uh, Wait, yes? And, there's still... Well, there's two there's more still... books left. What? Why? Yeah, how did you not know this? Uh, he's famously fallen behind. The fifth book came out in 2011, and he's been trying to finish them ever since. I assume he would just give up, because they ended the series. It well, feels like he has given up. <laughs> I think he gave up long ago. Yeah. But I, I watched the first, mm, I think, like, four or five seasons, and then I went to grad school, and I didn't have time for such an engaging television program in my life. I have to watch garbage like Riverdale now. 
I read the first five books, and I watched the first two or three seasons of the TV show. Here's the thing. The books are absolutely incredible. They're like the best novels I've ever read Mm, in my life. They're very bad. We've discussed this. No, they're very- This is the third time it's come up on the show. They're very good. The first first book, Judd 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 doesn't like them. Judd Judd was talking about this on the show with us, and he was backing me up about how bad the books are. So I'm I'm invoking his name now, even though I know he doesn't like listen to the show. Uh, here's the thing. A Game of Thrones is the perfect murder mystery, and the season one is also pretty good of the show. It's fine. Anyway, that was the story I was describing was Stannis Baratheon and his uh, his leal lord Davos Seaworth. Mm. Uh, but let's get into this show. With me to talk about a creepypasta is returning uh, to the show from the past. <laughs> she just got out of her time machine <laughs> just in time to record. What am I saying? Anna <laughs> Burge. Uh, which means uh, thanks in yep. dinosaur. That's, that's in four months ago past language. Yeah. I think that's when you were last on the show, right? Sure, that sounds right. Wait, are you implying that all of my appearances on the show are consecutive (laughs) in my timeline? Yeah, in your timeline, they're all consecutive. This is your, like, 2015 Hannah. Wait, when did I start this show? (laughs) You're like 2017 Hannah. I think that's when you were first on. That sounds fine. That's when I first got to graduate school, so that sounds correct, because I think it was after I did that that I did this. Definitely, yep. I recorded it in California, so... Yeah, I remember when we first started chatting, it was, um, you had just, like, just, just started grad school. Mm, so that was, um, like, June of 2017? Yeah. Wow, Jeff, we've we've known each other for a lot longer than I thought we had. <laughs> two years. Wow, two well, years. Well, because from your perspective, it's only been a mere <laughs> matter of days. <laughs> because you keep traveling forward through time when you know, because you got that almanac from the future that tells you when all of your recordings are scheduled for. An almanac of podcast appearances? <laughs> yeah, it's the podcast almanac. They, it's <laughs> 35,000 volumes to oh encompass God. every podcast that currently <laughs> exists. Uh, each volume is 2,000 pages. Oh my God, publishing this almanac is the most thankless <laughs> job. Wait, do I publish it myself? <laughs> no, no, you just got a copy from the year 2047. Oh my God. Wait, <laughs> there are thousands and thousands of volumes by 20 years from now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there has to be. It has a page for... It has an entry for each time I recorded the show, and this isn't even a popular show. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so long. (laughs) I'm gonna go door-to-door selling it like the uh, encyclopedia guys used to. Don't you want this podcast almanac? No, we have a computer. You have a shrinking machine. (laughs) (laughs) So that you can carry it with you. No, to make myself very small so I can sneak into their house <laughs> All and seven, sell them things. 700,000 pages of it. Oh my god. Wait, uh, is there are multiple pages there's 35, there's 35,000 volumes and each volume is about 2,000 pages. Oh my god. <laughs> so, did I do that math very I, wrong? Yeah, I think I, I did. It wasn't very good, but that's Hold okay. On, let's see. 35,000 That's 70,000? 2,000. Wait, that's no, a lot more than that. 70 million pages. So is that how long it is? 
It's 70 million oh pages my God. long. <laughs> Unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How many pages does English language Wikipedia have? Uh, we, you know, Click. we actually discussed this on my last visit to the show because they were talking about how they downloaded all of Wikipedia on a flash drive. 5.86 million articles. So this encyclopedia, this almanac of <laughs> podcasts that you got from the, from like 25 years in the future has more pages than Wikipedia by a factor of 10. <laughs> Wait, am I, Jeff, how am I carrying it around? <laughs> I told you you had a shrinking machine. I told you, you I wasted it on myself. <laughs> from further, you are not very little. <laughs> You're like five one. <laughs> that's true. That's that's within the normal range I of was, heights. I was born a half half giant, and then what do they call it? You know, like Hagrid's brother. I think they just—he's a half giant. No, Hag- Hagrid's brother is. Oh wait, his he's half a brother giant. is a full giant. Yeah, because like, Hagrid like is a Hagrid? half giant. That's what I meant, right? Because then he meets that half giant lady from Bobatons. I think she's a regular giant, but no, just she's not as a regular giant. Each other. No, because there's all this discussion about how like in France giant culture is separate because they're like mountain giants and they Hagrid's like- girlfriend <laughs> Hagrid's girlfriend Madame <laughs> Olympe Maxime <laughs> yeah that sounds right she does work at a school called Bobaton so uh-huh let's see uh, Madame Maxime let's see uh she is okay she is uh, hold on he states that she is half giant Hagrid okay. states that yeah she's half she's half <laughs> In an giant. interview That's with true. famous person Hagrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told uh, People Magazine. <laughs> Wizards Magazine. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, Wizard Magazine is actually <laughs> in the Harry Potter universe. It's all of... Not only do they do casting polls where they cast wrestlers as Venom or whatever. <laughs> right. But they, they also, also give the latest gossip about half-giants from different About schools. wizards. You can only see it if you have magic wizard eyes. Like, <laughs> Wait, uh, it's the same comic? The same? <laughs> yeah, it's the same magazine. <laughs> if you can read, like, the secret backwards encryption. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we gotta hack the mainframe of Wizard Magazine. So she's played by an English actress who has a very French name, Frances Delatour. Mm, yeah, that's true. Is she a famous person? I've never heard Do of I her. Do I know her from anything else? Uh, I don't think I do. But she looks familiar. We established that she is in fiction a half giant, correct? Yeah, we did. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about. <laughs> we are not here to discuss my my oh, plight boy. of the future. It's gonna be one of these. <laughs> uh, we this didn't is even how... start with the one that I. Uh-huh. This is the vibe that I want the show to have all the time, but if it did, I would spend seven hours every week recording two episodes. <laughs> yeah, you can you can only take so much of this. I think recently in the fan group I said something like, I'm out to ruin your life with unbearably long recordings. And yeah, I, uh, I I believe this <laughs> truly. It's because I keep ruining your life with unbearably bad creepypastas. <laughs> That's true. And today um, I brought two of my own, which are very bad, and then selected yep. one very bad one from the list. Yeah, we have this one called The Jack Monster, written by W. Dolphin on the No Sleep uh, subreddit. So tell me how you came across this story, and then tell me 
uh, why and what it's about. <laughs> why I came across it? Yeah, what, why are we doing this to oh, ourselves? okay. Well, I mean, because you host a podcast about creepypasta. Okay, yeah, you know, I, fair, fair shakes. Yeah, so I used to be a religious listener to the No Sleep podcast, like, back in mm, 2016, 2017, that period of time. I've stopped listening to it because it's gone a little bit off the rails with, like, the radio drama type recording style and I find it unlistenable. Um, like, the higher their production values get, the less I want to listen to it. But um, I heard this on the No Sleep podcast, and I, as I mentioned to you before the show, have been thinking about, um, like, what. If, speaking of where creepypastas fall in the continuum of the world, um, like cautionary tales, Aesop fables, that kind of thing, and the similarity. And this one struck me because... It's, like, playing on that in a way that is uninterpretable, <laughs> because I heard it on the No Sleep podcast, and yeah. when I heard it, I did not understand it at all, um, and then I went and looked at it, and I was like, I'm still not totally sure, and then I went down to the comments, and it's like, hey, does anybody understand this? <laughs> So, <laughs> it's not a very good cautionary tale if nobody understands what it means. Uh, wait, did you post a comment that said, did anyone else understand this? No, everybody did. Oh, okay. I don't have a Reddit account. Oh, okay. No. I was gonna try and guess which one was yours. Uh, if you had to guess which one, would you say his mine? Well, I saw the first one that's confused is Bubbles the Fencer, and I thought, that could be. But then I scrolled down and I saw um, Polar Bear Queen, and I'm like, hmm, that sounds a little better. <laughs> the other ghost girl, she's not really confused by it, and I don't think that's your vibe. <laughs> that's that's not untrue. The one of them has just written, I don't get it, ellipsis, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's mostly how I felt. Uh, yeah. But then someone says, great as always, mate. I don't totally okay. know what that's about. But of, cool. of these uh, of these particular handles, I think probably the one that would be most likely to be mine is none of them. <laughs> because no. this is not how no I create twist. usernames. Okay, so I, um, I'm going to lay out what I think is going on in this story. Okay. And you can tell me uh, where you're confused. Let's do it that way. Okay. So, this story opens with uh, modern day an adult man going to visit his sick father, and they have a little back and forth about not going into the basement because of something called the Jack Monster. Then we flash back to his childhood, and there was a sort of family urban legend about the Jack Monster, um, that the father would always go in the basement to tinker with uh, something, and nobody ever went down there, nobody was allowed down there, um, with the Jack Monster, um, because you couldn't go down there, uh, he was like, my dad and my granddad, uh, they both take took care of the Jack Monster, and hopefully you won't have to, but don't go in the basement, because that's the Jack Monster. Why is it called the Jack Monster? Well, that's its name. Um, and then we get back to the present day, and the adult man is like, obviously I'm gonna go in the basement. My dad's too sick to, like, stop me. I'm an adult. I want to see, like, what was he doing down there? He goes down there, and he sees, like, a bunch of torture devices, and some dude, um 
chained to the wall, mm. and the dude's like, please help me, my name's Jack Foley. Uh, and he's like, oh god, my dad's a serial killer. Because <laughs> he also finds this pile of, like, driver's licenses of a bunch of dudes named Jack. He's like, okay, this was the Jack monster. So he gives the he gives Jack the keys and his phone, and then goes upstairs to confront his father. Uh, he's like, get yourself out and then call the police. Um, and uh, this dude is, like, missing a bunch of fingers, he seems to be missing his tongue or lips because he has a lisp. This dude being uh, the Jack Monster? Yeah, the Jack Monster, capably played, uh, I believe, by David Cummings in yes. the uh, audio version. I thought he did a pretty good job. I agree. Um, which, it's, it's like flip a coin whether he's going to be like doing a reasonable job or really, really going too hard with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like his little guest spots where he plays just like a couple lines in a story is always pretty good. I agree. He was also the dad, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Anyway. That seems about right. Um, but he checks all the ideas with this Jack Foley, and he's like, none of those are me. Um, so he decides, like, oh, my dad's been killing dudes named Jack. Uh, then we get another flashback to childhood, and um, the dude remembers a time when he asked his mom, have you ever been in the basement? And she just kind of stares off into the middle distance. The middle distant, it says. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I think that, I think, was that corrected in the audio version? Yes, I don't remember. it was. Uh, and it says, no, there's nothing down there to see. Um, so he goes to confront his dad, and by the time he gets there, his dad is already gone, and there's a trail of blood leading somewhere. Uh, and then he finds the manacles on his phone, and he's like, oh, the Jack Monster is real. Um, <laughs> the painted in blood, um, was, uh, humans can lick too. No, just <laughs> Um, or, uh, don't you wish you had turned on the lights? Um... <laughs> No, it says, it said, don't go in the basement, written in his father's blood. So, um, ultimately, it's one of those creepypastas that is in my favorite genre, which is a horror movie is happening somewhere else, and someone kind of walks into one scene of it yeah. and exits. Um, that is fun, but I get why people are confused, because there is... There are a couple leaps of logic you have to make to, like, you have to make some serious assumptions about what's going on in the story. So yeah. what, was, what was your biggest confusion about it? Um, I think that the biggest problem for me was, like, after he starts talking to the guy, the Jack boy, he then, like, goes over to this pile of wallets and he's like, where did he find so many people named Jack? And I'm like, Jack is, like, one of the most common names. I don't understand why this is like your one hang up. And then when he when he lets him out and then goes upstairs, those two things seem unrelated, I guess. Like the the fact that the Jack monster was released and then like there's something that goes by him. He like feels a cold wind or something and then his dad's dead. I just couldn't find the the through line between those events, I guess. I'm guessing that what is going on here is there's a monster that either expresses itself as various guys named Jack or possesses various guys named Jack. 
and it's extremely powerful if you don't keep it like physically restrained mm-hmm. um so like it was able to zoom up the stairs and like get to his dad like before him and without being seen um and he's just let it loose and now it could just be any dude named jack um so i'm guessing that either all of the other ids were him trying to find the monster or other like expressions of the monster i hadn't thought about the fact that it could have just been like he kept killing gaius named jack thinking that they were the monster because i was like i and i think a couple people in the comments were like how does he find it like yeah how can he possibly know which one it is and that it's not just like a regular guy because like if if it were in a state where he could figure it out he would probably be dead already right so like yeah I I also what is this the torture device? Did you understand why that was there and it what it was seemed, about? I don't know what it was about. It seemed to be a makeshift drill in the middle of a bear trap. I do not <laughs> understand. Yeah. I'm going to look see if I can find a description in this story. Um, yeah. On the nearest work area was a contraption that sent the skin on my arms crawling. It consisted of two halves of a bear trap screwed to a wood block with a sharp metal spike protruding from the base. In what direction (laughs) are the halves still connected to each other? That's the part that gets me. And how is it attached to the wooden block? Like, it won't work anymore. Yeah, several small fan blades were soldered to the spike in a helical pattern. That I get, like they were like it looks like a fan. Yeah, like it's it's a a helix, like a spiral going down this metal spike of fan blades. Sure. Okay. Um, on the back of the block was a lawnmower engine. The entire thing was attached to a long metal pole with a ripcord running from the engine to the grip. Okay. (laughs) So is this lawnmower engine just makes the whole contraption spin? The whole thing definitely shouldn't be spinning because I... the, The only reason for the wooden block I can think of is to hold it in place, right? Like to hold the bear trap I was thinking the wooden block was there just to connect all of these spiky bits, but like, why is why is the bear <laughs> trap there if the whole thing spins? Why any of this? Yeah, why any of this is a like a lawnmower engine on a stick with a bunch of metals like spinning it? Like, what the hell? It doesn't even imply that this was used on the man. Yeah, it's not like you look at the man and it's like, oh, he's got many bear trap marks and fan blade marks yeah, on he's, him. He's covered in in grievous wounds, like. No, he had like surgical injuries, <laughs> like specific. And it's, this is just nothing. Also, the the guy when he goes down there, the the weirdest digression, the weirdest transition in this whole thing to me is that he like looks at this transfer thing, this like tr- transfer torture is what I meant to say, um, and he's like, oh wow, this is a torture device, and then he goes, this is not a toy. I muttered to myself. What? Yeah, that is that is the only instance of the word toy. It's not related to anything. And it seems like the writer forgot to delete that after deleting some part earlier about the dad saying, "Like, oh, I make toys down in the basement." Yeah, that is true. But like, it seems it seems like it would be really easy to delete it. Like, if you could control F for toy, I think the author probably could too. Yeah, but Uh, so there's a good explanation. 
explanation here in the comments. Um, mm-hmm. That that the the story seems to imply via the following line that the monster sheds its corporeal form. Also, there were uh, runes on the manacles. I didn't pick up on that either. Like I remember now that this guy pointed it out. Yeah. But the the line was an unnatural cold breeze blew past me as I entered the kitchen. It brushed past like moth wings and sent a tremor through me. Mm-hmm. So I guess the monster possesses dudes named Jack and the runes on the manacles were preventing it from leaving its current body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the the next point that the person makes, the the person who is explaining this says it seems like the monster could have easily killed the narrator if it did in fact kill the father, which is like I also don't un- understand that. Um, yeah, I think that its priority was killing the father. Sure. Um, and then, all, like, the there's another line about um, the father explaining why the monster lives in the basement. He says there are lights, but there aren't any windows, and it's dank and dingy, perfect monster habitat. So it just goes back to the basement, and that's where it lives. Right. But, like... What does he say? What does the narrator say to the police when they get there? There's a monster um, in the basement and it ate my dad. <laughs> like he, uh, he does say uh, a pair of police cars arrived within minutes. Four uniformed officers show them the living room, father's bedroom, and the message the Jack monster had left. And he said to them, "I know this sounds insane, but yeah, don't go in the basement." Uh, and one asks why, and he says, because there's a monster down there. And then they all go down in the basement, and they are not seen again. Right, but, like, if you're a police officer, okay, and you arrived, and this whole, like, scene was going down, like, the logical conclusion is that this guy killed his dad, right? Like, pretty- I mean, I, I figure their plan was, like, he's not covered in blood, he's the one who called the police- Let's go check in the basement, because he's probably traumatized, and the murderer is in the basement. Mm-hmm. I guess. I just, I... So you mentioned the licked hand when we were talking about this, yeah. and it reminded me so much of this. The And what's the other one about... Oh my gosh, it's gonna drive me nuts. It's like a, a roommate one, right? There's one about the roommate one, but I'm thinking of one that particularly got to me because I lived in like a rural area when I was growing up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like this guy who gets up in the middle of the night and he like goes and he like looks out his like back door which is like one of these big sliding glass doors um and he sees a guy like looking back at him holding a big knife like over his head and he runs like to the side into the bathroom and calls the police and then the police get there and they explain to him that like the guy actually was in the house when that happened he was standing behind him and the guy was looking at his reflection outside which is mm. horrible yeah. <laughs> horrifying awful so upsetting yeah it's very much like the clown doll is creeping me out get out of the house <laughs> we don't have a clown doll <laughs> right the most yeah. famous one so mm-hmm. i i think that this 
very much fits that mold of like urban legend type creepypasta meant as a cautionary tale, like listen to your parents kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, it definitely also feels like if they made the movie, it would be about the dad hunting the Jack monster. <laughs> it would not be about this weird intersection that this kid has with the Jack monster. Right, sure. That is almost certainly true, especially because there are so many questions left with regard to that. Mm -hmm. Like, the issue of mm, how did he find out about it? How did the grandfather yeah. find out about it? Because I got the impression that they were both doing Jack hunting. And it, like, would be, it would definitely be one of those uh, very much hated by Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse uh, movies that starts with a voiceover narration. My father always told me the legend of the Jack hunting. <laughs> yeah. And a prophecy about it would be one of those for sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Did you listen to the recent episode about uh, the second Fantastic Beast movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> way they possibly could have which is like okay we know Elliot doesn't care about Harry Potter at all so we're gonna make him skip to the second part of the movie about like Harry Potter's math teacher and yeah. try to interpret it <laughs> <laughs> and he was like you know I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt that if I don't understand probably just like I have missed something <laughs> and referring to Newt Scavenger as Harry Potter's math teacher <laughs> is very funny to me <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like if if Superman had like a teacher in school who like had a vaguely interesting life and maybe like a collection of animals <laughs> that lived in his house, that's what this movie's about. Yeah. It's 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 like it's sort of like that Alfred TV show that we're getting, except it's like if Alfred was always mentioning a book he really liked, and we got a TV show about the guy who wrote the book that Alfred really liked. <laughs> yeah. It's so disconnected from any of the Harry Potter stuff that anyone cares about. And then the sequel, everyone famously hated. Like, that is definitely, of all the Harry Potter movies, of all the Wizarding World movies, the, the one that is the funniest to be your first one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so, as someone who, like, grew up with the Harry Potter books, right? Like, which I suppose you probably are, too. Yes. Um, it was like, I, I watched the movie. Movie, and it was like so jarring because it almost feels like J.K. Rowling is like trying to take back some of the things she said. Like, first of all, why would you put somebody whose last name is Lestrange in this movie who's like literally not even related to Bellatrix at all? Like, Isn't she though? She's not. She, because Bell Bellatrix was originally a, what was their, their maiden name? Draco Malfoy's mother is her sister. Mm, okay. Right. Aren't they Lestranges? They are not Lestranges because okay. Bellatrix married a Lestrange. So, so sh this, this is like Bellatrix Bellatrix's aunt-in-law? Yes! <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Like, Why there, bother? There is no reason you had to do this. And then also to be like, okay, so like, here's this kid who is on a boat, and I switched him with a different kid on the boat, who just happened to be Dumbledore's brother? Why was Dumbledore's brother on that boat? <laughs> And yeah, there's, there's, I, ha 
I stopped. I the fifth Harry Potter movie was the last one I saw. That's fine. You uh, didn't need so to didn't, see it anymore. You knew how they. I'm not going to see any of the Fantastic Beasts. Um, I read all the books. Um, I did not read the book Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them because why would I? Yeah, it was a fictional textbook. <laughs> uh, and like. I have so much, like, so little interest. Like, my interest diminishes every time J.K. Rowling puts, like, her fingers on a keyboard again in her life. (laughs) It makes me like, yeah, it makes me like all of Harry Potter less with each passing day. (laughs) I feel like she wakes up in the morning and she has like a dream journal. She keeps about like the things she dreams happen in the Harry Potter universe. And then she adds that to the canon. (laughs) It's like, why did you do this? So it's, I, it's known, I believe that Dumbledore and his brother, Albus and Aurelius had a wizarding duel that was like a big deal and something very bad happened to Aurelius because if I remember correctly I think Dumbledore sees his brother in the mirror of the Arised one time mm. um but doesn't isn't one of uh, Dumbledore's brothers the bartender what <laughs> Yeah, Dumbledore has, like, a brother who's a bartender or something, right? In the whiskey house that they all go to? Dumbledore. I'm looking at Bartender. A- Aberforth Dumbledore, right? That sounds right. I remember what you're talking about, but I couldn't put it Yeah, together. he's the barman of the Hogshead and a member of the Order of the Phoenix. Aberforth Dumbledore. There we I go. knew I wasn't insane, I, but, like, you didn't say anything? I was like, <laughs> oh no, did I just get this extremely wrong? <laughs> well, I just, I... <laughs> So there are some things I remember very well about this series and some things that like I just haven't I didn't store in my brain and this is one of them like the fact that I'm reading the biography of the Sea of Aberforth Dumbledore and about his early life from 1884 to 1891 and it says that his favorite tale while growing up was Grumble the Grubby Goat and there's a fucking link to to crumble Jesus the crumpy <laughs> This is literally 100 years before <laughs> Harry Potter was even born. <laughs> And then, That's not true. It's about a hundred years before he went to Hogwarts. This story is only mentioned in Dumbledore's notes in the real version of Beatles Tales. The real version of Beatles. The, like, physical real world one it that has not, f- annotations from a fictional character. It does not appear in the in-universe version of Beatles Tales. However, it might be from another collection of wizarding children's tales. Oh, God. What are you Anyway, so I I remember this whole like Aurelius and Albus Dumbledore thing being a problem, but I didn't think that it was related to Grimble Grimble, Grimble Grubs in any way. <laughs> yeah, Grumblewad, Grendelford, whatever his name is, Grim, Grimble Grod. Um, that was oh man, the episode of my brother, my brother and me, where they spent the whole opening like cold open just saying it bad it was so funny to me. I, like, it seems like it would have been really easy for them to just be like, you know what, we're gonna have Colin Farrell play uh, this character again, since it turns out that the actor we got to play him in the second one loves to punch his wife in the face. But- <laughs> and then J.K. Rowling's like, no, 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 I'm perfectly happy with this guy who punches his wife in the face, it will be fine. And, and then he did a bad job anyway! <laughs> Like, he just, like, slurred and stumbled his way. Like, even in the trailer, you could tell he's not going to do a good job, because he looks like somebody pushed him into a a big 
cartoon bag of flour and fed him a jug with three X's on it, and then he just, like, they were like, action. <laughs> Listen, no one in this movie is trying. I think this is the, like, fundamental <laughs> problem. Like, J.K. Rowling is not trying anymore. None of the actors are trying. Like, everyone is just showing up and punching in their time card and punching out at five o'clock on a dot. Like, yeah. they have no interest in being a part of this. Which is, like, the thing I love about... Have you ever seen the show The Magicians on Sci-Fi? Which is, no, like, of course not. It's like a blatant Harry Potter ripoff. Like, to the point where I'm kind of surprised I can get away with it. But it's so bad. But everybody is really committed to how bad it is. <laughs> like, everyone is just trying to come up with better ways to make it bad. Mm-hmm. And... I- I mean, if you're if you're gonna do it, do it hard. Yes, I love that genre of show. That's just like, listen, we didn't have any good ideas. We're taking yeah, this I, bad idea <laughs> and we're gonna do it as much as we can. <laughs> I don't keep up with them anymore, but I was a big fan of the um, CW superhero shows. Mm-hmm. And boy, they like they started out and for three seasons kept with like Green Arrow, but gritty. And then in the third season, they're like, the Flash is here now. <laughs> And then he's going to get his own show where a magic lightning storm gives everyone different superpowers based on their personalities. (laughs) What? Uh, Okay. Uh, And then a season of that goes by and they're like, now characters, minor characters from both shows are going to do time travel and go through time to solve problems. In this episode, they're meeting George Lucas and giving him the idea for Star Wars by accident. And then in this episode, a big talking psychic gorilla from another universe kidnaps Barack Obama. <sighs> That's amazing. I've never had That a- was season 1 of the show. Are you kidding me? I, I'm pretty sure that it might have been season two. I'm pretty sure that was season one of Legends of Tomorrow. I have never had any interest in watching these television programs until this moment, in which I feel it's my civic duty to watch every episode. My mistake. It was season three, episode 17. Um, and boy, it is like, it's about this, in order to break time, the bad guys, including a giant talking gorilla, go back to Oberlin College in the 70s and kidnap Barack Obama while he's listening to funk music on comically large headphones. I believe the gorilla says, uh, like, Barack Obama, I'm here to kill you, or something insane like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Brandon Routh comes and saves Obama's life. He plays the Atom in Legends of Tomorrow. <sighs> so much of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Jack Monster oh, right? is pretty bad. What's the spookiest part of it? Uh, you know, ten, ten minutes ago, I was like, let's wrap this episode up soon. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I prefer to talk about anything but creepypastas, and I hope the audience is willing to go on that journey with us. I mean, if they aren't, they probably wouldn't be listening to the show. At yeah. least not the episodes that I'm on, because I think it's been established at this point that all I do is try and divert you from talking about the actual thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going to end up getting another episode of, of Pod Goes Punk out 
out of this. Yeah. Um, also, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it depends on. I'm actually wearing my uh, my Warp Tour presented by Journeys 2018 uh, T-shirt right now, so I'm I'm in the in the traditional garb of those who go punk from the pod. So, well, anything could happen. Yeah. It, the who knows what the future holds in the BK Kids Club? Anything can happen. Well, I know what the I know slogan? what the future holds. I'm from the future. Oh yeah, that's right. You got that almanac of podcasts. <laughs> um, Man, we uh, brought it back around. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We brought it back around to that distracting joke that we made at the beginning of the episode <laughs> that prevented us from starting talking about the story for ten minutes. <laughs> What's the spookiest part of the Jack Monster? And the spookiest part of the Jack Monster is when I thought that the dad was a serial killer because mm. I I at that point was like very engaged with the story. Okay, hold on. Before we stop talking about the story, I'm so sorry. It opens with like the reason I went home to take care of my sick dad was that he caught a case of pneumonia after wandering around in the snow like half naked. What was the point? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe he was starting to go a little demented, or maybe he was chasing after the Jack Monster. I don't know. There's a lot of extraneous, unnecessary details that I feel like make perfect sense to the author in this story. Yeah. But then the experience of reading it is like, what? <laughs> what is this? Why is it? Yeah, I. When I thought the dad was like a serial killer, I was into it. But then when I realized it was actually just a monster writing in blood on the wall, I was like, okay, I'm back out. I don't want any part of this. No. Uh, anyway, I think the scariest part to me is knowing for sure, as the whole time he's talking to that monster, I'm like, that's the Jack monster. He's a monster. He's going to let this monster loose, and that monster is going to do a bunch of monster kills. <laughs> um, and just that tension was really interesting, where you're in this, like, this space where you, the character doesn't know, but it's pretty obvious. Um, yeah. And then I guess, like, the, the sort of, uh, the fridge, the fridge moment realization, now, as we were recording the show, that the dad probably did kill a bunch of innocent people yeah! who were not monsters. Yeah! Like, the monster was real, but also, like, he definitely had to kill a bunch of people to figure that out. Right, like, the fact that the first wallet on the pile didn't belong to the monster was, like... Yeah. Kind of upsetting. None of them did. He was looking through the whole pile and none of them belonged to the monster. Right, but that, I think, is, like, part of yeah. the monster's whole deal of it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know that I think it's possessing Jax. I think it just creates a new persona named Jack every time. Maybe. And, like, that's why it doesn't have an ID or, like, credit cards or anything, because it's not corporeal. It doesn't, like, rest in one form for long. But, anyway, I <laughs> yeah, that was pretty upsetting. The pile of wallets belonging to innocent people. Yeah. Um, let's get into plugs. Where can the people find you? They can't. Okay, they can't find you. On me, for my <laughs> part in it, it's Mastodon. Coolmemes.biz slash at Jeff. Oh or Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK. Or Patreon.com slash JeffJK. Or go listen to my other show, Hack the Net, which is much better than this show. God, free me from this prison. If I can get as many people to listen to that show as listen to this show, I'll stop making this one, finally. Uh, do I have to promise you season two of someone's PC in in order to get, finally get people like Jeff, I look. I'll, I'll do we that. Have to, we have to discuss this because I saw that you had uploaded that prank episode on April first. Yep. I was like, this mm -hmm. is going to be a fucking Rickroll in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was. <laughs> and then I opened it and I was like, I can't believe you've done this. I can't, I can't believe you've I done did it. strongly consider editing the actual intro in before the Rickroll. <laughs> that would but have been I, amazing. But I did not because I had to upload it from work. So I had to just like find an MP3. Ah, uh, I see. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I knew it, what was going to happen and that made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was good prank he did. Good pranking. Yep. Uh Jeff JK, Snapchat and Instagram, email Jeff at funtimes.online. Hannah, I don't know if your cool memes.biz email address works now that I've converted that to a Mastodon instance. Yeah, I haven't been able to send or receive emails at or from it. So maybe I'll make you a Hannah at Funtimes.online email address. That's acceptable. I'll I'll accept yeah. that. And if people want to contact okay. me at that email address, they're welcome to. Yeah. Uh she won't respond or read it, but you're welcome to try. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants to find that, me. <laughs> is there a good ending line, don't, do you think? Don't go in the basement. Okay, yeah, that's it.